Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 733. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at Rabbi Ismach at Take10FortTorah.org. I wanted to do today a little bit of a matzah buying guide. Uh, many of you have been asking questions, good questions, that I might roll all into one or two podcasts, but we're going to see. Uh, today I wanted to talk about matzah, matzah buying guide. You know, you get to the store and you see a lot of different matzahs in front of you. Some are round, some are square, some say this, some say that. I wanted to go through all of the different issues that are involved in buying matzah. So as we know, when we buy matzah, matzah is made out of two ingredients, the same two ingredients that you make chametz out of. Uh, the five grains, barley, rye, oats, wheat, and spelt, and water. So what's the difference between them? As we've said many times, the difference between them is simply time. If you do not work on the dough, if you do not mush around or knead the dough, you're not busy with it, a clock starts ticking, and if that clock starts ticking and it gets to 18 minutes, the assumption is at that point, the natural natural chemical processes, even the processes uh, without the aid of a catalyst of yeast or anything like that, those processes will ferment, and that fermentation is considered to be so that's the general thing we're trying to avoid. Now the Torah talks about the mitzvah of matzah many times. We're supposed to forget about just uh, avoiding chametz. Obviously the mitzvah begins in uh, eating matzah. We have an obligation to eat matzah on the Seder night. According to some, there is a mitzvah to eat matzah any night or any day of Pesach, while there's an obligation to do so on the first night, no less than four times. The Torah talks about this obligation of matzah. And not only is this holiday chag Ha-Pesach, but we know it's referred to Chag HaMatzah. So the Matzahs are a big deal. The Pesach says, with Shmarta Metzah Matzah, so you're supposed to guard the Matzah, and guarding the Matzah means that we are very careful in the making of the Matzah. There's another meaning as well, with Shmarta Metzah Matzah, that you're supposed to bake the matzos with the idea of Lishma. Lishma means that I bake them for the express purpose of doing a mitzvah, meaning I make sure that when I bake them, I bake them having in mind that these will be used for a mitzvah. Now to make matzah, we use water, water that stays overnight. It has to, it's called mayim shalanu, does not mean our water, it means water that has rested overnight, it slept overnight, so to speak. It's put in some sort of tank or or drawn from a um, a well previously so that it's able to just sit and uh, the assumption is that if it sits it's cool heat is a problem when it comes to fermentation heat as we know you know if you've ever made chali you put the the i've seen this happen um i can't say i've ever done it you put the dough near the oven not quite in the oven but near the oven and that extra heat obviously acts as a catalyst as well with the yeast and makes things go quicker so heat is a problem and uh we're uh, we're going to use that water with the flour. Now, the flour itself is, of course, a very lengthy discussion. Um, there are three types of flour. Now, I don't mean where it's from and what grains it's from, but how it's treated. We, we look for shmura matzah. Shmura means guarded. Now, you can guard matzah. What are we guarding it from? Obviously, we're guarding uh, to make sure that there is no contact between the flour and any water before we intend that there be, right? We intend that there be when we need it together, but we don't want that to happen before. So at what point do we start watching? So there are three possibilities. One is shmura mishat lisha, from when it's actually put together. I don't care about what happened to the flour beforehand. It looks like flour to me now. I put it together with the water, and then at this point I make sure that it's done very quickly and that it's baked within 18 minutes, etc. So now that would be uh, wonderful, except nobody pretty much holds that way. That's the most lenient opinion that exists. It's um, 
only in the most extreme of scenarios would that be accepted, and it's generally not accepted lahalacha. What is more controversial is, um, or I should say, what's less controversial and more popular is shmura mishas techina, which means shmura, which is guarded flour, guarded from the time when it's ground. Now, when it's ground, of course, it's taken from the wheat kernel. You make sure the wheat kernels, you know, don't have any uh, noticeable problems. It then begin to sprout, other signs of chametz. And then just, that's it. I get wheat kernels. They look okay to me. I grind them. And at that point, I make sure that the flour that comes from them does not con- come into contact with any water. That's called shmur mishas tchina. Any matzah that you see or any matzah meal that you see um, that does not have the word shmura is referring to this, even though shmura just means guarded. Everything is guarded from some point. But when we refer to shmura, we refer to the third level I haven't yet gotten to. So when you look at your average box of matzah, the five-pound boxes that are, uh, you know, they come free as the loss leader, so you get into the store, those boxes of the cheap matzah, so to speak, are shmura mishas tachina, and that is actually um, less recommended. Uh, the more recommended matzah, definitely for the mitzvah of matzah, but really, like we said, there might be mitzvah of matzah to eat the entire Pesach, is to, if you can, to get shmura mishas katsira. And that means it's guarded from the time when it is um, harvested, right? It's actually all the way from the time they take it off the ground and the flour, the stalk of wheat itself, before it's processed, into the flour, that is Shmur Mishas Katsira. Now, as we all know, there is um, a tremendous price range when it comes to matzah, and yesterday I talked about matzah extortion in relating relationship to the Afikoman, and you might say that there's matzah extortion in relationship to matzah as well. What's going on? What's this all about? So, you have to understand that obviously um, there's supply and demand. There's uh, there's shmur uh, mishas ksira requires more effort, requires more labor to make sure that we've been watching the entire time. It could take mon- many many months of guarding it and making sure that this flour is okay. But there are a lot of other issues that come in when you look at a matzah shelf. So there's machine versus hand. Machine matzah is something which was innovated in the time of the industrial revolution. There was a tremendous opposition to machine matzah for a variety of reasons. Number one, because of the problem of ushmarta masamatos. Number one, like I said before, it has to be lishma. So it has to have a person. You'll say, l'shem matzah's mitzvah, it should be for the mitzvah, etc. How does a machine do that? So there's a debate about exactly at what point you could press the button on the machine, get the process going, and do that l'shem matzah's mitzvah. It might be more difficult for it to be lishma. So some people thought that machines are a problem of it not being lishma. As well, some people didn't like the same issues we have nowadays. You know, the fact that the labor was taken from uh, away from orphans and widows who used to do the work in the matzah bakery and the machines were replacing them, there was objection for that reason as well. So that's also very interesting. But you could find machine matzah, which is shmura, and you could also find uh, handmade matzah, which is shmura. Hands are, handmade is usually out of circles, because that's just what happens when you roll that matzah. And machines, for the sake of efficiency and less waste, uh, make squares. That's really why one makes one and one makes the other. There's something called matzos mitzvah. Matzos mitzvah is the shortest on supply and highest on demand. Matzos mitzvah are made on Arab Pesach. There are a variety of reasons that people would prefer their matzos being made on Arab Pesach. Of course, the risk is the greatest on Arab Pesach because on Arab Pesach, the chametz, the zman chametz, uh, where it's forbidden, has already begun, and so there's really no uh, no leeway there. You can have $60 a pound matzos, $60 a pound, which means about 9 or $10 a matzah. They're about six matzos in a pound, so you'll have $60 a pound matzo on a Pesach, which is pretty pretty cuckoo. Um, now, 
There is uh, Chabura matzahs. Chabura matzahs could also be expensive. They could be in the high $30 nowadays. Chabura matzahs are where people, a group of people, will go into a matzah bakery. They'll replace the general run with their own uh, restrictions and rules. Some of them, if you take a look at videos, there are many videos on YouTube about how exactly this is done. You'll see that the poles that go in are done, and uh, there are four matzahs on a pole. A chabura, a group, might say, no, we want to be machmer, like a particular opinion that says there should really be no hesitation and no stoppage at all of any matzah. No matzah should sit not being worked on it. And when you're doing it with four matzahs on a pole, invariably two of them are going to sit while the other two are going to be worked on. They're going to be pressed with the with the with the hole puncher in order to um, to make sure that they do not rise. And so the chumra, the stringency, is to only have two on a pole. And if you only have two on a pole, what happens? Then your uh, supply goes down, right? You have fewer matzahs being made. It goes slower. If it goes slower, you have fewer matzahs being made during that particular hour in the matzah bakery, which increases prices. It's actually pretty simple. There are a few other stringencies that are also involved. Now, the most complicated matzah that I think is a relatively new thing, I'm not sure, uh, I think it's relatively new in the American market, is this idea of 18-minute matzah. Now, let me explain what, what goes on. If you have your average box of Manashevitz matzah, their factory and their run goes all day. It goes all day. They don't stop. They don't clean. They don't do anything. They rely on the idea that if the matzah is moving, hopefully, you know, it doesn't become chametz, and hopefully all the things in the process are still moving and moving and moving and moving doesn't become chametz. As well, they make sure that from the time the dough hits the water it doesn't take more than 18 minutes for it to bake. Oh, there might be residual stuff on the on the line, there might be stuff, okay it's still moving, it's not becoming chametz, etc. Some are not willing to tolerate that leniency. And what they do is they'll have machine-made matzah, which is actually shut down and cleaned every 18 minutes. The entire thing is shut down and cleaned every 18 minutes so that everything could be sure that we are starting afresh, we are starting new. In matzah bakeries, this obviously happens. They replace all of the surfaces, all of the paper, it's replaced. They might sand down the, the rollers. They might cover everything in new paper. There's a tremendous amount of effort that happens in the turnover between 18 minutes, and that also slows it down. If that slows it down, those are minutes that you're not being able to bake matzahs, which therefore the Manashevitz line is going to be much cheaper than the, the any sort of line that shuts down every 18 minutes. These are some of the issues that come up. Uh, perhaps on a different day we'll talk about egg matzah, but that's a different type of matzah entirely. Have a great day, and enjoy your matzah purchases.